I feel like I need to preach. How many came to hear the word of the Lord? All right, have a seat, guys. Thank you all so much. We're going to preach. If we have to come back and do it again, we will. But Melissa and I is just coming back off a hard week. Uh, we thought the week before was harder. But let me tell you that next week could be even harder. And that's why we're in the New Testament church, the book of Acts. It's the model church. If you want to know how, as a believer in the New Testament, how to keep on keeping on, how to walk as a church and as a leader of the church in the New Testament, in the, in the church age today. I don't know if you know where we are, but we're not 2,000 years ago. That's where Acts chapter 11 is, 2,000 years ago. But, but Acts chapter 29 is still being written, right? Today we are on the last, the, the, the cusp of the coming of the Lord. We're on the last part of the church age. You know what? Before you get out of this service, the Lord could come back. No, I don't know if you believe that. How many of you, how many understand we're so close to the Lord's return that I might not be able to finish preaching this sermon? The Lord is that close. Oh, pastor, there's lots of things that have to happen. Well, well, who died and made you the scholar? Well, Jesus said, I don't even know the times and the seed when the Lord's going to come back. Only the Father knows. Amen? So if you already know, write a book. But Jesus didn't know. And you know something more than Jesus, then we should start worshiping you. But since I know that you don't know, we're going to keep on worshiping Jesus. But they are very, very close. In fact, I can just, I can just see Gabriel warming up. I don't play the trumpet, never desired to. I think I'll blow my lips up if I tried to blow, blow a trumpet. But people who play the trumpet, they warm up. They, then they spit, let spit go all over the audience. Just, it's gross, but I've seen it happen. And they warm up and they warm up, and then they lick their lips a couple of times. I can imagine Gabriel. Whatever he does, right? I think he's warming up. Can I tell you what church is? Church is a warm-up. You know what church is on Sunday morning, Sunday night, whenever you get together with God's people? It's a warm-up. Say, Pastor, what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be worshiping God forever and eternity. So this New Testament church, I just want to bring it to you real quick because it's a model church. And Christianity began to grow, all right, from Judea, Jerusalem, you see that? Judea, Samaria, Galilee, you see that? It's the growth of Christianity, Acts chapter 11, 19 all the way to 21. It goes all the way up. Uh, Paul gets saved on the road to Damascus, goes up to Syria, Antioch. Paul goes from Sar- Tarsus, chapter 11, remember? And that's, and that's as far as it got in this chapter, chapter 11. But you remember what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1? You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I tell you, Samaria? Uh, and Antioch, all that. How I many know oh, that is beginning of the uttermost parts of the earth? Now, Paul is going to be leaving Antioch. Barnabas is going to go. The Jerusalem church is going to send some things are happening in Antioch. Because it goes back to Stephen in chapter 7, remember? He was stoned to death. Paul was holding his coat. And then Paul got transformed. I believe the seed was planted right there when Jesus, I think the apostle Paul, saw Jesus. I don't know if he, he actually met him or, or saw him or talked to him. But, but I can tell you this. He actually definitely heard about Jesus. And then he saw Stephen looking at Jesus. 
in the eternal heavens. So he saw the reaction of Stephen as he's getting stoned to death. I just want to ask you today because it seemed like the theme of the anointing of the service this morning. How do you react under persecution? Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. When he came out of the grave, he said, hey, you will have troubles in this world, but be of good cheer. I'm not dead. I'm very much alive. I mean, no, Jesus is alive this morning. So we're not defeated. We have hope. And the, God's word is reliable. This church is alive. Everything he promised to be. I know it's trying times, but I mean, no, Jesus is still alive this morning. And miracles are possible this morning. God's still doing things. The book of Acts continues. And belief trends continue to reflect discouraging numbers across our country of churches. Churches, a New Testament model church we're talking about, where we get our DNA from. Say, Pastor, what's Old Grove like? What's the vision of Old Grove? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go read your New Testament. Our DNA here, our blueprint here, ought to match the blueprint of the New Testament church. I said the book of Acts, especially in Antioch, could be a good model church for us to follow after. What do you do? As a leader, I want to know, how do you lead the church in such troubling times? Many, listen to me, many leaders and many preachers and many church leaders are going with the trends and the gimmicks. I said they're going with the trends and the gimmicks. They're trying to trick people into the kingdom. I mean, oh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ still works. I said there's power in the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation from the Jew first and then to the Greek. And so we're about to see a transitioning of the church. It's about to shake things up. But cynicism uh, is big time right now in our culture. Cynicism. They don't believe the Bible is true. They don't think the church is relevant. You know what? The Bible is where, where we are today in the Word is exactly where God said we would be. You don't have to second guess it. The Acts church had the Old Testament prophesying to them what God said had come to pass. I mean, oh, Jesus came. I said the prophets were, were right. God sent Messiah, his only son, who was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life. You want to hear the gospel? Did miracles. Went about healing. He died a gruesome death. Was buried, really buried. But on the third day, he came back to life. And how many know that's the gospel? That's not the end of the gospel. On ascension, right? 50, 40 days later, he took off into heaven. And the Lord went up. And the Holy Spirit came down. And the church went out. That's the summation of the book of Acts. And ever since then, we've been going from Antioch and beyond. In the Assemblies of God alone, our fellowship, our fellowship, we have over 68 million adherents all around the world. In America, not doing that hot because America's rich and full of goods and has no need of anything. But you take this gospel to the other end of the world and somehow, somehow, miraculously, Buddhists understand it. Muslim people understand it. Children understand it in breaking the barrier of language and culture. Yet they understand the gospel because it's not about a religion. It's about a man, Christ Jesus. 
and he's still alive. He's still in power. And Satan's goal is to wear the church out. And their long-term effects from coronavirus, say what you want about it, I believe it tried to wear out the saints of God. I said I'm not a conspiracy uh, theorist kind of guy. But I can tell you, if, if China didn't do it, I know Satan did. I said if China wasn't behind it, I know Satan was. He'll take advantage of it and try to wear you out. You know what he did? He tried to shut the church down and successfully for 10 Sundays here. But we had had all what we could stand and we couldn't stand it no more. After 10 Sundays, we said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but we're going back to the house of the Lord. I don't know what y'all plan to do, but I can't do church online all my life. I've got to get with the people of God who can pray. I've got to be where I can worship with you and be with you and hug your neck and tell you you're going to make it. Those of you who are online, God bless you. Stay online. But I, t- I got to tell you, you might be missing a major part of the church. You're missing out on some things. I know God can go through the walls. I know God can meet you there. But there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? And all those who are growing weary. In doing good, let me just tell you, it's stressful. It's stressful. It's all true. But it's also true that God's word is reliable and the church is alive and he's everything he promised to be. And Satan will not prevail in these last days no more than he did in the beginning. So I chose to use this as a uh, a, a point of, of uh, launch. Let's see what they did. Let's read it together in chapter 11, verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen. Well, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Let me just say it. No names were mentioned. No names. That means Luke to Dr. Luke, okay, who might have had a practice over in Antioch. I don't know if he went over there, all right? But I got to tell you, he mentions no names here. What that tells me is born-again believers took what happened to Stephen and went all over the place. And what did they do, Pastor Ron? Well, they preached the word. To no one but the Jews only. Well, that's the ones who had a good place to start, wasn't it? You know, the Jews, Jesus came to them and they did not receive him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. They didn't see him for who he really was. You know, it was kind of was hard for them. They didn't really understand because that's Mary and Joseph's son. I, that ain't the Messiah. You know, the prophets talked about a Messiah. And they were waiting for some uh, messianic king to come riding in on a, on a white stallion and put to rest these, these Romans and all their oppression. But Jesus came in lowly and meek, and they didn't know what to do with him. And they crucified him. But how many know even death couldn't stop our master? How many love Jesus this morning? I said, how many really love Jesus this morning? I don't know who you think can't get you through, but how many know Jesus can get you through anything? He came out of the grave. I'm sure he could take care of your problem. So don't give in. The Ancient of Days is coming. Amen? And so I want to be like this early church, and I just want to run through it real quickly. It was a church founded by simple believers, no names, uh, who knew God had called them. And every believer, listen, this is part of the DNA of Oak Grove Assembly. Every Christian is a minister. So, well, Pastor, I don't have credentials. No, no, no. We didn't say Every Christian is vocationally a preacher, a pastor, or 
a prophet or, or, or the fivefold gifts of the ministry. But we do know that if you name the name of Jesus, you have the same commission that I had when I got saved. And my pastor, I don't know if he was uneducated or didn't know better, but he said, when you get saved, you don't sit on the pew and rest. You get on, get on there and go to work. I mean, a work is almost a, a scary word in our culture. Some people don't mind work. They can lay down and sleep right by it. And so we got in the kingdom, me and Melissa got in the kingdom, Melissa and I. And we went straight into the straight arrows and the royal rangers and the rainbows and the missionettes. You know what? You got to pull your hind teeth to get anybody to volunteer for royal rangers and missionettes. Girls ministry, you can change your name a thousand times. You got to pull hind teeth to get somebody to volunteer for children's ministry. Took us two years to find Mark, Mark and Bill. Thank God they're willing to go back into kids' ministry. Come on, welcome them back. Welcome them home. Glad we have somebody. And you need to get behind them and help them because we need to raise up a generation. But, man, we didn't know better. Pastor needed help. Absolutely, we're going to help. I'm writing a book. Maybe it'll come out before I die. I haven't written the first word of the first chapter yet, but it's in my spirit. Here's the title. That's all I've got. It's a pastoral theology book called 16 Hats on One Head. And pastors, 5,000 of them a year are quitting. 5,000 pastors in America a year are quitting. Not because of moral failure. They're tired. Because somehow people have decided they don't have to do anything. You can stay on home. Don't pay tithe. Don't get involved. Don't go to church. Go to church once a month. They look like they've scored big big score, big numbers if you go once a month. Then you get mad at the pastor because you don't remember your name. So it was a church by regular people. They proclaimed the gospel as the power of God unto salvation to everybody. They took it from uh, where Stephen was all the way to Antioch. Let's keep going. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. Hellenists were Greek Jews, Jews that went on to other places and got into the Greek culture of the day and began to learn Greek. And now these people were sharing with people besides Jews. And the hand of the Lord was with them. Somebody ought to give the Lord a clap. The hand of the Lord. Listen, if you could say anything about Oak Grove, wouldn't it be awesome to say the hand of the Lord is with Oak Grove? You can say anything about our church. You can start any rumor you want. But if you start that one, how many know that's a good rumor? The hand of the Lord was with Oak Grove. If the hand of the Lord is on you, did you know what the hand of the Lord is? The right hand especially is the right hand of blessing. It's the hand of favor. How many like to have the right hand of blessing on your life? The hand of the Lord was on them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Let me just give you my, uh, my version. They did what? I heard some stuff they was doing in, in Samaria. You mean they went first? Who's, who's going to church? You mean those no good stinking Samaritans are going to be? And now they're going to Antioch? You mean God's going to give his grace to some of them heathen pagans? I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. How can God 
save anybody that's not like me. And we have we have a, a we have something in the church today, across the board. And we have somebody comes in on drugs, strung out, don't look like you, don't act like you. It's easy to stereotype them. Yeah. And even if they do get saved, we want them to just like jump into their Assembly of God churchianity suit overnight. I mean, no. Some of you ought to be grateful for the patience and the grace of the Lord Jesus. Come on, is anybody here say, thank you, God, that when you saved me, you were patient with me. Well, then why, why can't he be patient with somebody else? Not everybody just gets totally redeemed, totally. They all get redeemed, but they don't get totally transformed overnight. Now, I'm not talking about people who have been serving the Lord for 40 years. I'm talking about new believers. So the church in Jerusalem heard it say, Barnabas, Barnabas, you got to go check that out. Go check that out. Now, Barnabas was quite the leader at this time, right? We know that. And when he came, he had seen, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? He saw what? See, it matters what you see when you go to church. Some of you say, I can't hardly worship. I can't worship because all these people talking and doing this and that and just, you know. Well, hey, if you'll close your eyes or put your eyes on Jesus, you might not be distracted by what everybody else is doing. You didn't come here to look at everybody else and their worship. You came here to worship the Lord yourself. What do you see when you go to Antioch? If it would have been one of them Pharisees, they would have went over there and said, I can't believe the gospel has come to these pagans. But not Barnabas. His very name is Son of Encouragement. And when he got there, he said, oh, oh, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. How many know that song? Well, let me teach it to you. It's really hard. Listen closely. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. You think you're getting it? Let's try it. Sing it. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. That's all I know, and I ain't got time preaching no more. He was glad at the grace of God, and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. He put his stamp of approval on the grace of God on them stinking, dirty Gentile. Can you imagine? You say, Pastor, what's, what's the point? Well, you know, we can get very possessive with God, can't we? We can get very possessive with our church. And we can use stuff like, that's my church. That's my church. I've been going to that church, and that's my church. How many know this is not your church? You might be a member of this church. This church ain't even my church. I just privileged to pastor it. How many know this church belongs to the Lord? And unless the Lord build this house, we work in vain, in, in, in vain and work in labor in vain that build it. And so, so they proclaim the gospel to every, everyone who would believe. They operated by the grace of God, not by legalism. See, the Jerusalem church wanted to keep the rules. You must be circumcised. You must do this. You must do that. You must do that. And Barnabas went over and said, hey, this is awesome. And when they brought word back at the end of the chapter to the Jerusalem church, it was a big deal. Because we believe this is the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it's always been. But I mean, no, Jesus came along and said, hey, 
I'm not here to abolish the law. I'm here to fulfill the law. In Abraham, you might have had to have circumcision, but in Christ, I circumcised your heart. Come on, I cut away the flesh. If you have me, you have all you need. And isn't it like that today? People who are pursuing God, they easily get trapped into religion. Are y'all hearing me this morning? What is religion? Religion is bondage. Religion says, I have to have, you know, the watchtower and the Bible. I have to have the Book of Mormon and the Bible. I have to have membership at Oak Grove and the Bible. How many know the devil is a liar? All you need to have eternal life in Christ is Jesus. I said Jesus is all you need. If you start adding stuff to Jesus and adding stuff to the word of God, the Bible says at the end you shall be accursed. It's Jesus alone through faith alone. I said by faith we serve the Lord. And he encouraged them to stay with purpose of heart, continue serving the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Who does that sound like? Stephen. And a great many people were added to the Lord again. Then Barnabas departed to, to Tarshish to seek for Saul. Let me tell you what's happening in this church model. Okay? Barnabas goes to get Saul who's in Tarshish. But the church keeps going on. Because it's not run by apostles and celebrities. The church is run by the people of God. You don't need big names. You'll see any names here. And when he had found Paul, he brought him back to Antioch. And so it was that the whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Christians. Followers of Christ. How many know in Christ is the place to be today? So what was the model? Both Thessalonican church and the Antioch church. They were a blended church. Somebody shout blended. Let me tell you, a healthy church is a blended church. I said a healthy church is a blended church. It's not just isolated, all for the Jew. Now Jesus has separated. Now it's Jews and Greeks. And there's only two categories of people you can belong to. You're either a Jew or you're a Greek. But if you're in Christ, how many know you're okay? It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or red or yellow or green. I mean, no, it doesn't even matter if a Martian is going to get saved. He's have to come through Jesus. For those of you who believe in Nanu Nanu. Dumbest questions in the world. Do you believe in extraterrestrial? No, but I believe in extraterrestrial. I mean, no, there's some green beings out there. Angels. God, <laughs> I mean, no, God can dispatch an angel to meet your need. I'm not waiting on E.T. to ride a bicycle to help me out. They were a blended church, a blended church. Let me tell you about a blended church. All people are welcome here. Jews and Greeks, bond or free, everybody's welcome here. Every race, every socioeconomic system, every language, every creed, every people group is welcome here. One prerequisite to being part of the home and the family, Jesus. Jesus. If you get Jesus, you're with us. If you get Jesus attached with other stuff, uh, like like the um, the bumper stickers by educated intellectuals, you know, it says the coexist, coexist. You can be Muslim, you can be Buddhist, you can be Hindu, you can be 
anything you want to be, and then have a cross at the end, and Jesus. And Jesus. Can I tell you? Jesus is not a hitchhiker. I said he didn't just get into your car. How many know he wants to drive your car? He didn't just come into your life. He wants to control your life. That's the difference between having religion and having Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And so they were a blended church. And not only were they blended in different race and different people, they were also blended in generations. I'll tell you one of the things I love about Oak Grove is that we care about the next generation. And one, one other thing, we haven't ignored the generation above to go after the generation below. Some churches have excluded the older generation to go after the young generation. How dumb is that? There's a Greek word for that, stupidity. Can't forget that the elders who built this church and paid for this church who faithfully attended this church, you don't kick them out to get in a new generation. And then, and then there developed these wars going on because everybody wants to sing their song. So there was a devil let to be a divisive division in the house. So you didn't sing my song. If you don't sing my song, I'm not coming back with my tithe. Listen, the song doesn't belong to you, neither does the tithe belong to you. The tithe belongs to the Lord, and the worship belongs to the Lord. Nothing belongs to us. So that's a blended congregation. It's very healthy. Very healthy. I'm, I ain't got time. But don't forget about Nicholas, who was mentioned among the first deacons with Stephen back in Acts 6, 1 through 7. He evidently went back home to share from time to time, planting seeds in Antioch that became fruitful at the right time. You see, Pastor Ron tells uh, everybody he knows about Jesus. Everywhere I go, and the place I frequent the most has to do with food. And you can tell that. I put a lot of chicken in the ministry. And I go to Popeye's a lot, more than I want to. But now since COVID, it takes 85 minutes to get one chicken leg, and I'm not waiting that long, running out of patience. But I go there a lot, and I talk to Kevin. He's the manager. The manager before him was Felicia. See, people know when you notice. They know when you know. And they think I just want a piece of chicken. But really, I want their soul. I don't know how hungry you are to win souls, but how many know Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost? So I call it restaurant evangelism. And I'll be doing it today about noon, about 30 minutes I'll be doing my ministry. I don't like Italian, but we're going to Italian today. Grandpa's birthday, 86. Jerry is 86 years old yesterday. And he likes Italian. Therefore, I'm going to be patient and, and, and go. Uh, I could put a meatball or two in the, in the ministry. But they, they saw grace and the motivation to go on with the Lord. Grace to continue onward no matter what. What was happening to these people? They were being stoned, ostracized, minimized, criticized. You understand? They've been being kicked around. And now Satan thought he would take it to another level and make the church at Jerusalem dislike the church at Antioch. I mean, oh, divisiveness is always from the devil. Whether it's in your home or your work or your church, the devil is a liar. And he's always trying to divide and conquer. And then the leaders set the example and taught the word. When Paul came back, uh, he began to teach. And the Holy Spirit was allowed to work in the church. And souls were added and blessed there. 
They spent a whole year at Antioch, a great church, and they were first called Christians there. And these days, people are going off into conferences and trying to find the latest fad and trend and gimmick and trick to trick God's people into to coming into the crowd. Let me give you a prophecy, not a real one, just mine. The next few years, I don't know that those mega churches are going to be around. I'm glad for them today. But if you fill a church full of carnal people, I wish I can get an amen over here. I didn't hear it much over here. I'm going to go over here. How many know carnality will go away at the first blowing of the winds? That church will leave you faster than you can. And so those who stick their heels in, how many know Old Grove has been through thick and thin? I said the winds and the storms have blown, and yet you're still here 78 years later. Somebody ought to give God praise for a church that knows how to keep going. Pastors come and pastors go, but the people of God stand forever. And if you didn't, if you'd have gave up, they'd have closed the doors, and you wouldn't have been there. So they were generous people, trusting God, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. I covet that for our church. I want to be a part of a church that, like Antioch, where growth clearly comes from the Lord. And, uh, and, and like Antioch, we become a center for worldwide impact for Jesus. And the glory won't come uh, uh, to the church. The glory will go to God. I remember 21 years ago, we took this church. The first Sunday, we were excited to say hi and happy to be here. The second Sunday, we resigned. And the people's faces were kind of, distraught because they've been through a lot and they thought here we go he didn't last one week but the point was i I said don't don't tell the board i resigned I'll, i'll i'll starve to death we didn't resign from the position we resigned that the lord was going to have to build this church melissa and ron and the two little girls we had brought with us we're going to have the power to do that but how many know there is power in the name of jesus And look what the Lord has done. We were backwards, and the debt balloon note was 15000 a month in a very dysfunctional situation. But we started the mission of God. We got our eyes off the problem and put them on the promise. And the promises of God are yea and amen. I mean, when you start doing the mission of God, which Jesus said, go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Antioch, and beyond. You started doing that, and within three and a half years, we burned the mortgage on that thing, $850,000. It's real. I said, it's real. And if you had to go back, Jack is now with the Lord. Becky's out of town. But if you had to go back in the numbers, Max, and try to find the numbers to match up that burning of that mortgage, I don't know where that money came from, but I know a God who can absolutely turn the situation around. And how many know he can do it again? So I want that kind of a church. They focused on Jesus. What did they do? They, they preached Jesus. They preached the word. There is a big, there's a big deal right now for people to, I don't know, sit around and have TED Talks, speeches, motivational speeches about how great you are. Well, can I tell you what? <laughs> I don't want to insult anybody. But let me know how great Pastor Ron is. If I put my finger in this water and pull it out, that's the difference I've made. I'm not that great. The value I have is probably worth the water that's in me, about a nickel. But it's Christ in me that's worth so much money. How many know it's Christ in you that's valuable? We have treasure in this trash can. 
Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God can use anybody who's willing to follow his word. God will use anybody willing to stand strong in the middle of a tumultuous nation who's trying to deny God, deny the Bible, deny Jesus, deny church, deny the family. We have to stand strong in these strong winds. We have to stand strong and declare, thus saith the Lord. And if we do, how many believe the Lord's blessing will come? And he will help us. He will help us. They loved and imitated Jesus. You don't have to worry. I said, you don't have to worry about legalism here. Just live for Jesus. I remember my daughter wanted to go to the, one of the dances, homecoming or whatever, when she was in high school. I said, Dad, Mom, y'all are pastors. Should I go to homecoming? And Melissa and I said, hey, baby, tell you what you do. You're a teenager. You know Jesus. Go in your room and talk to Jesus about it. And when, whatever Jesus says, that'll be okay by me. She'd come out a little later and said, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to go. Or if I do, maybe y'all can come as chaperones. It's a crazy world out there. <laughs> I mean, no, God can lead your children. God can speak to your children. In fact, God can speak to you. I don't know if you got all the wisdom you need, but Pastor Ron could sure use some help. Somebody asked me the other day, how's pastoring in this culture today? I said, it's kind of like trying to lead a church and somebody, you know, it's like a football field, a game but they erased all the lines. You don't know where the end zone is. You don't know where out of bounds is. How I many know the devil's trying to take away all the rules? We have laws for a reason. Can you take the speed limit off? How I many know everybody's going to run over each other and kill each other? It's already happening. How I many know anarchy is in the street? Can't control anybody. And so they, they have to have uh, wisdom. They needed grace. Uh, let me just tell you the other two. Uh, they serve Jesus and his church. I told you about that earlier. Can't find a volunteer to save your life. And they spoke about Jesus everywhere they went. Folks, you are everywhere evangelists. And the final thing is today, I didn't get to preach at all, but I gave you what I could. They were generous church. They had a prophet came by the name of Agabus. Lots of prophets that said came into town. Right there in chapter 11. But Agabus prophesied, and there's a famine coming to Jerusalem. What did the church at Antioch do? I mean, what happens in Jerusalem is soon to be coming to Antioch. They didn't say, well, we're not giving to the Jerusalem church because we're going to have a need. Famine's coming to us, too. Let's save up our own money. Let's take care of our own people. Let's take care of our own selves. Let Jerusalem church do its own thing. No, you didn't get that from the Antioch church. I mean, a blessed church is a generous church. And they gave and they sent that on with Paul and Barnabas to the Jerusalem church. And they told the Jerusalem church what was happening in Antioch. And after they came back uh, out of being passed out of coronaries, religious people don't like revival. They like to hoard it and hide it and keep it within themselves. But how many know God's about to do something in our day where the devil can't stop it even if he tried? Jeremiah said, I'm about to do a work in your day. that Even if I would told you, you wouldn't believe me. Jeremiah 1.5. And so here's what's happening. Here's where we are, and they can come back and close if we want to and let you go. I got to go. I got reservations. I love y'all, though. I got to eat some spaghetti for the glory of God and Mr. Jerry. God came to seek and save. I'm not willing to bend to the culture. I'm not willing to bow to the gods of this world, namely money, namely money. 
The reason our leaders and our churches are doing these gimmicks is to fill the church. I get it. And they're saying they're winning the loss, but really they're filling the pew with sinners. And if you fill the pew with sinners and don't tell them to repent and get forgiveness, then you have a church full of sinners. And then if you tell those church full of sinners that they are born again, then you begin to lie to them. Now they are sinners who think they're born again. I mean, that's a major problem with today's church. And then you let them join the church. Now sinners are joining the church. They're a member, just like any born-again believer. And now they can be leaders in the church because they're members of the church. Now we have unbelievers who are deacons. I wish somebody helped me preach this. It's all because nobody thought to lead. It's not everything goes. God never said anything goes. you gotta have, you gotta, you got to have margins. Every river has two banks. It's to keep the river from overflowing. And the word of God is our margin. We can't go beyond the Bible. I said we will never, as long as I'm breathing and in this pulpit, we will never go beyond the Bible. So will I interpret Bible my way? Well, good. Go get your church and pastor it in Bible your way. But this church, we're going to go the Bible way. As I understand it, now I'm not perfect, and I'm not the scholar. I'm not a Bible prophecy scholar, but you don't have to be. I mean, oh, most of the thou shalt not is plain black and white. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not uh, commit adultery, fornication. Sexual sin is sin. Doesn't matter if it's hetero or homo. Can somebody shout amen? Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what kind of sin. It's sin. And sin will never bring blessing to the church. But as a leader, if we say, oh, I endorse your sin, come on and pay your tithe and fill up the pew because I don't like to see empty pews. I really don't like to see empty pews. So here's the challenge for today. Since we're not going to go carnal, since we're not going to compromise the Bible, we're going to encourage you to win the lost. Tell them about Jesus. Wait till you get to chapter 13. I already preached 12, remember, because the Spirit fell. Then I preached 12. The Spirit fell again. He fell again. I thought, i got to preach. So I, so I kept you here t- 10 minutes longer. But, but we're going to go to 13. I want you to read chapter 13. Paul goes <laughs> to the king and begins to tell him from Abraham all the way to Jesus and to the New Testament, all the things that the New Testament church believes. And people got saved and they believed. But there was one that got upset, right? The sorcerer. There's always a devil ready to knock you down and knock you out. Pastor Pablo, it's not popular to be a Pentecostal preacher who's still preaching the unadulterated word of truth. It's not popular. But I didn't come here to be popular. I said, I didn't come here to be popular. I came here under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. To prepare the people of God to be a Pentecostal prophetic people of God. And to, and to give, you, give you the word of God so when the wind does blow and when the rains do come, you can be endure sound doctrine. You know what the one that says about the last days? They shall not endure sound doctrine. But let it go. Let it go out there. Oh, Grove will be able to endure sound doctrine. Why? Because they heard it and they believed it and they studied it. And when the winds blow... They'll be ready with the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, with the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Their feet will be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They'll have the loins girt about with truth. 
And they'll march on because we are. I said, well, march on because we are. We are the army of the living God. Stand with me if you would. And I wish somebody would just help me praise the Lord for the blessing of the Antioch church. Blended church. A church where the Holy Spirit was allowed to move. A church that was motivated by the word of God. Encouraged to share their faith. Devoted to teaching the word. Devoted to living a life of an example of holiness and faith. Where the members were devoted to spontaneous giving. You have to beg. You don't have to beg a generous church to give. They just do because they love the Lord. It's not what we have to do. It's what we get to do. So lift both your hands to the Lord and say, Father, we want to be a pattern after the Antioch church. We want to be a church that's blended. We don't want everybody to be like us. We need more people of color in this church. We need more people of socioeconomic status in this church. We need rich people. We need poor people. We need educated people. We need uneducated people. We need the Jewish people to get God. We need the the Greek people to get God. We need everybody to be part of the church. So, Lord, raise up an army, Lord. Raise up an army, Lord. Raise up spirit-filled believers, God. Speak to them. May their ears be inclined. May their ears be open to the goodness of God. May they learn to stick their heels in the sand and stay as strong. And when they've done all that they can to stand, may they stand there, Lord, girt about with truth, standing for the promises of God, or yea and amen. We will not preach another gospel. We will not water the one we have down because it's the power of God unto salvation. Let our people be soul winners in the next days. How many say, Pastor, pray for me that I'll be more vocal. Come on, pray for me that I'll be more vocal, that I'll be more visible in the community, that God will use me to speak when I go here and when I go there. God, open my mouth and maybe help me declare, God, from the word of God, that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Put an anointing of the Holy Ghost. Give them boldness, Lord. Almighty God, mighty God. We need you, Spirit of God, we need you.